Thanks for tuning in to our regional alumni panel event. Today's podcast is focused on the alumni who resided in India prior to joining our Ivy MBA program. They'll share their experiences from the admission process through to life here in Canada. So my name is Lindsay Litman. I'm one of the associate directors here of the full-time MBA program at the Ivy Business School. Uh, We've put this event together to bring in some amazing alumni who used to live in India before joining Ivy, as we thought this would be a worthwhile experience to hear from those who've made the transition, especially, you know, from a different part of the world into Canada and have gone on to be very successful with their careers. So very excited today to have a few of our um, wonderful alumni here. So I'm going to throw it over to them for introductions. So Nikita, why don't we start off with you, if you don't mind introducing yourself, where you lived before joining the Ivy MBA program um, and your graduation year. Okay, thanks, thanks, Lindsay, and thanks for having me here. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to just like connect with future, hopefully future Ivy incoming students. Um, I was born and brought up in Mumbai, so spent most of my life there. I graduated from Ivy in 2020, so just when the pandemic had started, so very interesting timing. And um, I was a lawyer pre um, MBA, so happy to answer any more questions. Great. Thanks, Nikita. It's nice to have you here and see you again. Uh, Abby, let's go to you next. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Lindsay. Sorry. Uh, just getting It's morning here in Vancouver. I'm just getting my coffee here. That's uh, but, okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, my name is Abhilash. You can call me Abhi. Uh, I've been working in Bangalore, India before coming to Canada, but I've been born, brought up in Coimbatore. Uh, I was into tech. I was into sales and business development before. Uh, before my MBA and I graduated in 2021 uh, last year. So I was the batch who went through COVID, uh, was at Ivy during COVID. So we had like a, uh, an interesting experience there, but it was fun nonetheless. So it was, it was great, uh, great to be here. Wonderful. Yes, you were known as the COVID cohort, essentially, <laughs> um, because it was in a full swing and an up and down roller coaster of lockdowns opened up, lockdowns opened up. So you definitely had an interesting experience, but your class was still very engaged, which we were all very proud of that you you certainly made the most of it during that pandemic. And last but not least, Sambal, over to you. Hi, so um, I was born and brought up in New Delhi. I've spent my entire life and career in Delhi. Um, And I'm also a chartered accountant by background. I worked with multiple firms, big, small, banks, you name it. And then I decided to do MBA and move locations. And that's why I came here. Um, I am, I was a part of Nikita's cohort. So I graduated in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) That's my little story. It's nice because all three of you bring different backgrounds, both in terms of, you know, with your education and with your careers and even actually where you reside in India. Um, So and that just worked out beautifully for today. So it's nice because you can all share a little bit about your experiences and in in most particular the transition um, to to Canada. I'm sure one of the hot topics today will be around the adjustment to the weather here because it is a significant difference um, but you're also smiling and and uh, happy so obviously you can find ways to, to get through it and Abby you out west in Vancouver certainly have a little bit easier now than uh, the hearts uh, the heart of the winter down here in Ontario but 
Um, again, this is this is intentionally very conversational. We want to just draw on um, Abby, Nikita, and Symbol's experiences. We will leave some time towards the end for some open Q&A. So until the time, just hold your questions so that time we will make sure we get to some, but we really want to make sure we leverage their time today to have them share their experiences, their decision-making, and of course, any advice for those today who are thinking about also making this journey. So let's talk about the Ivy and the MBA decision-making process um, in terms of how it is you identified Ivy is a program that you were thinking, this is where I, I'm considering doing my MBA. Um, did it have to do with reputation? Um, was location a concern or was location sort of a preference? Um, Symbol, if we don't mind starting with you and talk just as, in your own words, tell us how you, how you bought the MBA or how you decided on Ivy and um, was the right MBA program for you. Right. Um, so as you know, I just mentioned that I am a chartered accountant and I had almost like seven years of experience in Delhi. I wanted to choose a one-year program for my MBA and I did apply to Ivy as well as Smith Business School and I decided to go with Ivy. The reason being is that the quality of the, the curriculum, which is case-based study, which was a big selling point for me, no matter what the location of the school is. I was also told in the beginning through my network that because I was looking to get back to financial services, I will have a hard time networking in financial services because mostly the hub is Toronto. However, I think there are ways to beat around it. And I did really work hard towards networking and I found a job with RBC. So that way it is just a, of how you strategize your career and what you want. I think that's the best way forward. That's great. Simple. So basically you looked at us in terms of the methodology of teaching was your preference. You liked the interaction, the collaborative nature of it and identifying us in Queens. You obviously targeted a one-year program. You weren't yeah. looking at doing a two-year program. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you have any concerns with the one year not having an internship being a, you know, as we call you a global MBA candidate? Uh, <laughs> was there any concerns of, of not doing the two year and having that internship experience? Not at all. I believe because you bring a lot to the table in terms of what you learn through the program and especially the case based methodology, like Howard is the one of the representatives that have cases every every day to day-to-day -day life so from that perspective you learn a lot from your classmates and you learn overall how businesses are in the North American market because that is what you want to learn if you really want to settle down in another country yeah there's some valid points there and and you're right I mean as part of our admissions team and we look for at least two years of full-time experience but that minimum of two years up to 10 years it doesn't matter where it is in the world because our, our corporate partners are not looking at you to say, oh, no, she only has experience, um, you know, in Delhi. It doesn't matter. It's what is that experience? What are the qualities of those skills? And then those would certainly be transferable. So, um, Nikita, what about yourself? How did you go about purchasing the, the MBA? And why did you think about Ivy? Yeah, so when I figured out or when I realized that I want to transition and I want to pivot, um, the first question I asked myself was geography. Um, I was very keen on Canada just because, you know, it is um, more immigrant friendly, but I also had family here. I visited here. I really liked the culture. So once I shortlisted um, Canada, I looked at what the top B schools were and Ivy was definitely one of the, you know, top options there. Um, but we also had Rotman, Queen, etc. Um, to I only applied to Ivy, but like to reach that decision of why do I only want to apply to Ivy, I asked myself like, 
um, you know, three things like the duration. I realized I was much more keen on a one-year program. Uh, for me, it it it, may, it felt like if I'm getting this similar result after a two-year program and after a one-year program, the one-year program definitely um, seemed like a better return on my investment. Um, the second um, thing was that I was really, really focused on a um, non-commuter school. So I love the fact that Ivy is in London. Uh, everyone's new there. Everyone's trying to, you know, figure out um, their life. Everyone's trying to make new friends and um, learn more about each other. There's more curiosity and there's more um, interaction engagement. So um, for me, that was a really, really important factor when I was choosing Ivy. Um, and I think lastly, it was the case-based method. Um, as I mentioned, I was a lawyer. I really did have some experience with case-based learning and I knew it really works for me, like learning through stories, learning through experiences, um, and even just like listening to your classmates. It just made for a much more well-rounded um, experience for me so I think those were like my top three reasons for Ivy um, I wasn't too worried about the internship factor um, but it did occur to me and I did reach out to people and you know go like hey is this something should I be worried about um, and I think the most important fact there is data right like you have so many batches that have graduated without an internship and they've all landed in very well placed uh, positions and a lot of times where what what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go um, so I think that was the most important question for me is that this is where I want to go after my MBA and people have you know done that after the IV MBA without waiting for an internship so uh, for me all my questions and doubts were addressed then. That's wonderful. And so, Nikita, were you all concerned? I know I love that you mentioned the non-commuter program because, you know, we are, that is one of our selling points. I, I look at it because you can have such great sprawling campuses, but you need to get transport from here to there and all over the city. And traffic is horrendous, I think, in every part of the world. Um, so, you know, that, that can add to your day and add to some confusion and to some, some, some stress. And so all of our courses do take place in our building here at IB. We even have a library here. Um, a, a cafeteria. There's even I mean, there's a gym facility across the street. Should you wish to make time to work out, um, you know we do have everything here. Even a courtyard in the middle if you want to get outside and get some fresh air um, in a closed setting. But Nikita, were were you at all concerned because with being in London and not being in Toronto because there is there is a two hour drive. I mean it's only a drive two hours. I know, you know, lots of traffic again, even from Mumbai to get around, it can take hours to get somewhere. <laughs> but was that a concern for you or a bit of a hesitation with looking at London, um, though, it, though it checked your other boxes? Can you just share if that was a concern for you or not? Um, yes, like that did cross my mind. And I, you know, again, reached out to people and tried to understand it better. And I think my realization or learning there was, um, and I can say attest to it from experiences, that people you reached out to um, and said that, you know, hey, I want to meet you and people realize that you're traveling two hours to, uh, you know, specifically meet them. They were very happy to share their time and you they were more likely to actually, you know, um, share their experience, share their time and not bail last minutes because they know that you're coming from so far. And at the same time, on my end, it made me more intentional about who do I want to speak to and why do I want to speak to them? Um, I didn't really have any issues. I think things have even changed um progressively better now given we're in much more hybrid environment and it's very okay to reach out to people virtually uh, versus for us like most of our batch actually went in person to do all the coffee right. chat yeah it's a valid point i think you know even a few years ago it would be considered an insult to only do a skype phone call or just an yeah. audio phone call and now it's much more well received and i mean i think we can all agree that 
in person certainly is preferred. But sometimes if you want to do a 7 a.m. call and you've got class at 830, you can do that still from home and still go to class. And it doesn't seem you still get the value out of it. And it's still well received on both sides of it. And I would also add to it, Nikita, and I, you know, with the success of employment, you probably saw through the employment reports, like everyone's like very, very high success rates with careers in Toronto which do justify that you don't have to be in downtown Toronto yeah. to work in downtown Toronto. Um, you know, and, and you're right. Alumni definitely give the time. They know you're coming up. They're not going to cancel on your last minute uh, as you are now, right? As you are an alumni and you reach and people engage with yourself, you know, the, the, the journey they're making and are happy to make the time. So Abby, last but not least, if you wouldn't mind just walking us through in terms of your decision with the MBA and, and why Ivy. For sure. Uh, so, I had close to eight years of bug experience before my MBA. I was a mechanical engineer. I was in like an automobile manufacturing company outside of undergrad, but most of my experience was in tech. So for me, like I want a lot of the work, especially in education technology, like a lot of the work, exciting work was happening in North America. So I wanted to get to North America to get close to where all of this work was happening. And uh, Canada, as Nikita mentioned, was like the better option for a lot of factors, especially immigration and so on and so forth. Uh, when, when I tried to finalize on schools, I was looking at schools, especially when the average age of like the students attending us are also higher because I'm, I'm on, on the higher end. And also I was looking at like one year programs rather than two year programs for the opportunity costs and so on and so forth. So IB was like a really good fit. Again, like uh, Sumbul and Nikita, like they, the case method was like a huge proponent for me. Like I was having these coffee chats with uh, alums uh, before before my decision. And like it made, made it clear that the case method is a really good uh, selling point, especially since I've not been in school for so long, I was super apprehensive on like, hey, how is how am I going to sit in class for like an hour, an hour and a half? I had a hard time doing that in undergrad. Now, like eight years after school would be like, uh, it'd be super challenging. So I wanted something more engaging where we are like not sitting and like listening, but still like, you know, going two ways. So the case method was a big proponent of that. So uh, and like, yeah, talking to alums, like uh, especially in, in tech, uh, it made sense. Like I got a good sense feeling that Ivy is a great place to be. And especially like I'm a big proponent of frameworks and thinking in framework and so on and so forth. And Ivy was the best place for that. So, so yeah, so I'm here and uh, super happy with the decision that I made there. So I, I um, you know, I love you mentioned, you know, it is immigration friendly. And again, you mentioned the opportunity cost of the one year program. So all very mm -hmm. thoughtful, especially on the average age as well. You want to feel comfortable with your peers. Mm -hmm. You want to figure the level of contribution that you're not the, let's say, senior one in the room amongst everyone who's very junior. You know, there's a give and take to contribution. Um, you want to make sure that uh, you're giving and getting sort of a nice balance. Um, and so. So certainly, that's a that's a, those are great perspectives that you've brought forward. One question I have for you, Abby, is: Were you at all concerned with with the weather, with the climate in Canada, and coming here and thinking, okay, I got to move here for over a year, I want to work here afterwards? What am I getting myself into? Yeah, I was, I was in the sense. Uh, I mean, when you talk to people who have moved here, especially in the first years. Uh, you get an exaggerated feel of how bad the weather is, right? And and remember, like I come from like the southern part of India, I'm used yeah. to like to tropical climate throughout the year. So right. I was a bit apprehensive. But what one thing I figured is if you wear the proper clothing and uh, just investing in like the proper clothing, especially when you enter Canada, I think that it might seem super expensive back then, but that's been the best decision, right? If you're properly layered and properly wear it, 
you you can get along with it and especially um, you still have a difficult time in your school when you don't have a car and so on and so forth but you know once you get a car things things become much much easier and much better uh but yeah you can get a little bit along with it. it it doesn't uh uh come to your mind as much as the first few years when you're like especially getting used to the climate right but yeah get a little bit with it you adapted you know you survived yeah. you adapted i mean that that i always find what's i mean which isn't the best welcome is that when students arrive, particular international candidates will arrive in February. That is probably the worst month of the year of us for winter. And so it's literally welcome to Ivy, welcome to Canada. And it's maybe three feet of snow. Maybe it's minus 15 degrees. You know, I mean, it varies every year or winter. Some years are really horrific and horrific. I mean, like minus 20 and a lot of snow. Um, and some years are not so bad. You know, we've had it where it's like, wow, we barely got any snow and the temperature have around minus five. So it does vary, but you're right, Abby. The key is being prepared. Do not show up in your T-shirt and walk out of the airport at Pearson and think you can handle it. You can't. I mean, a Canadian can't handle it. So um, trust us that if you're coming from a warm climate, be prepared. Now, part of our team, what we do before the first day, we give you a lot of support information so you'll know how to prepare um, you know, in terms of what to expect and, and so that, you know, you buy appropriate clothing without breaking, without breaking the bank, but this is the clothing that'll help make your experience more comfortable because when you're freezing cold, that's not a very happy feeling. Um, but for all three of you, was it the first time seeing and experiencing snow or had you seen or experienced it before? I can um, add to that. For me, it wasn't um, like I visited Canada before a few times, primarily in the summer, but um, had some experience with snow generally. Um, But I'd say that for me, my experience with winter was slightly different in terms of the first year. There was just so much happening, even though I landed in Feb with Ivy and, you know, you're meeting so many people and, you know, you're having so many fears, anxiety, so many things happening that Yes, while I was afraid of winter, it didn't actively weigh on me. Um, And I really only understood uh, winters and even summers for the matter, for that matter, only after Ivy um, during the pandemic where I actually had some time and I was like, hey, summer's really nice here or hey, winter's getting kind of cold now. So I think for me, that transition really happened the next year. For first year, I was just like, oh, there's so much happening. I That was, wasn't on my, at least for me, on top of my mind. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not your priority worry. It's more worried about, okay, I'm meeting people. I got to get ready for the program. And oh yeah, this white stuff, I guess I'll just figure out how to manage it, so to speak. So um, yeah, no, that's great. So I guess it's a, a bit of a segue. So a lot of the support we give, like so after an offer is accepted, um, you know, we do provide you with um, support from an immigration consultant. Now, I believe all three of you came in on a PR. Is that accurate? Or you got your PR before or during the program? Yeah, I had my PR uh, when I entered. Okay. Likewise. Likewise, and the key to you as well, correct? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And not many, like not there's many that do and many that don't. And so for those who don't have um, their their PR, we do provide uh, complimentary uh, immigration support through a consultant of Yahala Immigration Consulting. So he works with our international candidates, helping you with the visa application. You want to work with someone who who's um, knowledgeable, who's expert, who's an expert, and who's actually um, set to deal with that information. I can give you anecdotal information, but I'm not qualified to give you the accurate information. So we do set you up with that. 
uh, once an offer that's been extended has been accepted. The other support we give is through a company called City Match, and they really help with the relocation into Canada um, in terms of housing, because that's a big deal. Where do you live? Do you want roommates if you're bringing families or pets? Um, and so, Symbol, why don't we start with you in terms of, did you work with City Match with, with relocated into Canada and did they help you in any way? I actually, uh, with in terms of housing, I am connected with previous alum. Okay. And they helped me get an accommodation in Platts Lane, which is like 20 minutes away from the school. Um, but having said that, City Match is a really good um, support, which was provided by Ivy because there are so many moving pieces, especially when you're literally packing your whole life in two suitcases and you come to this country, you need support as much as you can to really figure out the logistics and really settle down. I think, um, and speaking of the fact that they literally take you around every way, uh, everywhere, if you need any support and if you are lost or anything, you can connect with them and they're happy to support you in any kind of advice that you're looking for. So that's a great uh, support in the program, which ha- which Ivy has associated with, for sure. Yeah, that's great, Simba. You're right. There, There's ways of um, housing that you can either go through a city match or you're right, a lot of alumni, right? They do lease takeovers from one year to the next year, even furniture, as we've learned. Um, Abby had that experience with Simba, um, things that were needed. So it is true because of the, the handoff from March to March, you have, a, you have about a month overlap. And even if you're in a bit earlier in February, you might get connected with them and hang out socially. So that does work out as well in terms of some lease takeovers. Now, Abby or Nikita, did either one of you work more closely with City Match or were you in a similar situation as Sumble? No, go, go ahead, Nikita. I, I worked with City Match, but Nikita, like. Uh, no, go ahead. You can go first. No, so, so yeah, I did work with City Match. I think Jody was super helpful. Mm-hmm. Most of my, uh, I mean, finding a place uh, in, in uh, London was all facilitated by Jody. She came in the first day, came there, like, she was very helpful in getting like a one hour, one hour concierge to just go out and pick up and get get my place ready. She had very thoughtful, uh, thoughtful uh, gifts as well when we first came in. So she was super helpful. So I could, uh, I was on and on back and forth with her to find the right place. She was helpful in identifying what's close by, what's far, like what is your requirements and suggesting places accordingly. So yeah, I would definitely recommend Jody and City Match. Uh, if you are new to London, if you don't have... Uh, like where to say, I think City Match is the place to go. They'd be super helpful for that. And, and yeah. Yeah, I think I can second that as well. Um, I did work a little bit with Jodi. Um, I think I'd firstly highlight how prompt she is. Like um, I'd be reaching out at all points of time and all hours given like I was in a much different time zone and Jodi would always respond like pretty much immediately and promptly. Um, we were obviously looking at places and were very confused and had a lot of questions, but she was like always very patient with us. Like, And when I'm saying us, it was um, I was looking at a place within roommates. It was the both of us who were reaching out. Um, and I think like for us, like when we liked units, she would also go in and see those units on our behalf and take a video for us or like, you know, do a video call with us, which I think was also really, really helpful. Um, so yeah, where possible, it's always good to leverage the resources you have um, there. Yeah. yeah. And there's really sort of two larger areas to live. I know a lot of questions we get around is on-campus housing. 
which is very, very, very difficult to get. If you get it, you've won the lottery. Legitimately, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it actually is like a lottery system to get it. Um, I did see so, that. You did? Yeah. You still, there you go. You were uh, the lucky gold starter. It's really tough to get, maybe even more in recent years. But um, yeah. And so though there's great benefits to being on campus, we do have other areas that are really, that are still beneficial in other ways. So the Platts Lane, sort of uh, Cherry Hill, larger school neighborhoods are great because it is still walking distance to campus, about maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so, depends on your pace. Uh, but, um, and the weather, of course, but that allows you, if you want to be close and, and be able to walk to campus and campus is in a safe area of the city. I mean, the city overall is quite safe, but this especially is an area where there's not a lot of crime. It's okay to walk at nighttime. Um, and there's still bus routes along, along those ways as well. So if you're running late, you can still take a bus and make it to campus. Your bus pass for the city of London is included in your tuition. So that is also helpful that that transit system is, is there for you. The other popular area is in the downtown area. So the downtown is really the where you know the students go afterwards to uh, release their stress and to socialize and have some fun. And our, our downtown, you know, really is, is all based off of the road of, of Richmond Street and uh, lots of side streets there with a variety of high-rise apartments and shops and restaurants and um, um, bars and even a nice sort of our, our mini version of Central Park, which is called Victoria Park uh, in the center of it. But there's lots of things to do outside as well and cycling paths, et cetera. So you can get to campus through a uh, city bus, which is pretty direct even from the downtown. Or if you're a cyclist um, or, um, of course, into walking, you would just want to live a little bit closer to campus. But Jody and her team, what they do is they work with you closely to understand how much you want to spend a month in rent. Are you bringing any family or um, pets with you? Are you looking to live with other Ivy roommates? Do you have certain preferences? Because they want to help make sure you find the right housing for you within reason, right? You may not get your dream place, but you're going to get um, as, as close to it as they can do for you. And usually you, it's recommended you have your house secured by December. As most will move in in sort of the February, March timeframe, that's a kind of ideally the timeframe. Uh, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but the housing market is is quite competitive. And so certainly with rentals, um, they're always up um, to, if you see something you like, you don't want to wait on it. Um, and different too, what Jody and our team do really well is they understand that there's culturally there's differences with renting versus in India versus Canada. You know, certainly with, with Canada that if the rent is listed at, you know, 1200 a month, that's not negotiable. It's 1200 a month. Um, and if you don't take it right now, it will be gone. So that's where they do help you and understand sort of what to expect. And they'd go through a lot of that for you. Um, and it's like you mentioned, Nikita, if, since you can't be here physically, they'll do what they can to give you an idea. And I would say since COVID, there has been many more with rental listings having that virtual option right away. So it does help you get an understanding of what the, what the layout is like and if that's where you want to live. A lot of times students live in, same with the, same, in the same areas. So the fun part of that is you connect with your classmates quite easily. Maybe you've got dinner parties. Maybe you go get groceries together. I had to campus together, um, whether you're in city place, I find, or sometimes it's different um, high rises where a lot of IV MBA students will reside. And uh, I always hear a lot of uh, fun stories um, through those, those times as well. So it's just nice. Again, it really brings in that community support. And I think, again, going back to Nikita's earlier point, it reinforces the non-commuter school, the closeness um, of, of the culture here at Ivy. And that really tests to the strength of the network because you've built such strong foundations even before the first day. 
Um, so that's great. You've all had you know, positive experiences with moving to Canada. You, you, you the, the weather didn't deter you. You survived through it all and your move was, was mostly seamless, which is great. What about, would you say, other differences, like some differences you've noticed with coming from where you were in India to coming to Canada, some cultural differences or just some differences you'd want to sort of highlight to the group to say, okay, keep mind of this or... Um, things are different here than how you would do it in India. Is there anything that comes to mind that you'd want to highlight for the group today? Uh, I can I can try to start off there. So one of the major changes is like communication, right? So uh, back in India, like uh, we all come from like uh, good companies, like had decent work experience. So you are in the perception that, or at least I'll speak for myself here. So I was in the perception that, oh, I could, I could like communicate really well and understand here. But the context switching, especially like when you come to North America, uh, having like chats with like, that's why I think an MBA made sense for me a lot because uh, I could get that feedback from like other, like even the career management, everyone else, like how might be like, how, how does it come across that I communicate this way, right? Everything from humor on like asking questions, like it's different, right? Sometimes you just are inquisitive to understand a lot more, but it's it, the levels of like uh, back in India, people especially like are okay asking personal questions. Here you need to be like, need to get in and understand the feel of like how, like how comfortable the other person is, like empathize and then go forward. So there's a number of changes that you want to understand when you're moving to a different country, different geography, culturally, uh, even in communication. So, I mean, having an MPA, I, I would say that as a safe space, you can make as much mistakes as you want. Because like, you're all like, you know, your classmates there, you get to know them, you get feedback, like, hey, like, did I, did that come across? Like, how did that come across? Like, uh, what do you feel? Like, you know, getting that kind of feedback was super helpful. But definitely for me, even, even in recruiting a lot of other areas, communication was like a ma major aspect to just understand how I'm saying it's being perceived and like how, what to understand, like what questions to ask and where you need to be more apprehensive of, like be cautious on. So that was like a really, really good change for me culturally coming from India. Oh, that's great. That's great advice, Abby. You're right. It's these things that you're not really aware of. And then when you go somewhere else, it's you don't want to be perceived in the wrong fashion, right? You want to be taken as your intent. Um, and sometimes no matter where you were from and where you're going, you have to be aware of how I'm how this is coming across and being perceived. Um, Nikita, someone, do you have anything else to add to that? Or do you think that pretty much summed it up? Yeah, I think um I, I really second what Abby said. It is a, like learning a new language. Like, yes, everyone's speaking English, but um, really the way of speaking and the way of communicating and what people mean when they're saying X and what people mean when they're you know saying Y it really, really differs. So there is a little, little bit of that learning curve. Um, I think I'll probably uh, connect that with networking as well. Networking is not an uh, at least it wasn't a very known concept for me back home in India. Um, I didn't understand why we would network. It seemed uh, counterintuitive and it seemed like, hey, if I've already sent in my application, that should suffice. I have the right experience. I have the right skills. Um, I think like doing that MBA really helped bridge that gap for me as well. It's like, what is networking? Why are we networking? And what problem is it solving? Um, I think like Abby mentioned the MBA giving you a lot of frameworks. That is what literally I try to do is create a framework on why are we even networking? What is the problem that we're trying to solve? So I think focusing on um, 
that like understanding the why behind things uh, would really help bridge the differences between India and Canada um, there as well. And that's my two cents on that. Great. Yeah, I I, I want to echo with both their comments. And um, Lindsay, if you recall, I was also a part of the MBA community, which is like the student council. And this was one of the topics of discussion we had most of the times that we want to make everyone feel comfortable and not because Ivy has a great diverse um, uh, international students who come from different parts of the world. And you need to be mindful of how you're talking, just like the way Abby mentioned. Um, and honestly, like in today's environment too, if you, if you, I have started implementing an attitude of gender neutral as well. I don't, I don't take she and he when I'm referencing or talking about certain, like you have to be careful, especially in this part of the world, you need to be careful of how you conduct yourself. Um, and if you don't, an MBA degree and especially Ivy, it has, refined my perspective and my communication skills with my colleagues at RBC. And I find a lot of my colleagues who do not conduct the way that like Ivy graduates would. So I think that is, that's definitely the quality of what you bring to your corporate world as well after graduating. Oh, that's well captured. And actually, yeah, it's, you know, communicating persuasively is one of our um, Ivy leadership essentials, which are the outcome of, of the MBA program. So uh, I love that all three of you highlighted that that really did help with your with your own transition, but even now professionally as an alumni, that those are those key learnings you have that I think are in your tool belt for life. You know, you're only going to add on to them and continue to grow and develop them. Um, now, you're right, Simba, you were part of the MBAA. Uh, now, Nikita, can you talk to me about some of the student clubs you were involved in during your time in the program? Well, um, I think I was a member of a lot of clubs. And um, okay, I think like to preface that, I'll say is that you don't need to be a member of any club to actually uh, attend the events. So you can go and, you know, attend all the events that you want. Uh, for me, that's the strategy I mostly um, used was that I was a member um, of most clubs and I attended um, club meetings or not club meetings, but club events. Um, I think I was the social media senator, so I was responsible for everything um, that you all saw on social media at that point of time, primarily Instagram. Um, so that was really fun for me. I think social media has that power to capture a class essence. So whether it's like posting and story just before class exams um, or, you know, whether it's after or to celebrate something, you know, when core one ended. So I think like for me, it was a really nice way to connect with my classmates and to ensure or like to get a pulse of what's happening. Um, but I think irrespective of um, the senator position, I think I tried to be involved in as many activities as I could, whether it was uh, volunteering my time, whether it was social impact day, um, or even just like reaching out to professors to see if I could help out in any way. Um, so I think I'd say for everyone who's considering Ivy, there's so many opportunities to do everything. Like you can even start clubs if you'd like to, um, but it all really depends on what do you want to do in your you know, time and how do you want to invest it and what do you want out of that time as well? No, you're, you're right. And, and there's sort of three categories, I would say loosely. I mean, there's the there's the formal clubs um, yeah. that you'll see on our website as a high level overview of the club listing. But like Nikita mentioned, you can definitely propose bringing forward a new club, whether it's sanctioned, which is called when they're official uh, or unofficial. Uh, you know, one year we had like a, 
um, a rock climbing club, I think, or a yoga club and a running club. So these aren't necessarily going to be formal, yeah. but they're, they're groups of, you know, they're, it's a group of individuals who have a similar interest and want to get together and experience that together. So there's the, there's the social, there's those clubs. And then there's the corporate sort of the career clubs that mm. are focused more on, you know, networking, education about that industry, maybe more alumni, I'm not necessarily recruiting based. The career management team does try to work with the clubs. There's no overlap, but typically speaking, I mean, you never know who you meet and where that's going to take you with your career. But typically speaking, the club that are more focused on careers are more about information gathering and building the network versus job postings. And the third category is just social in terms of, you know, what do you want to do after class? Let's do was it wine night, Thursday nights on, at the, the bar in Richmond. And then there was um, going down. I know Stumble, your, your association, you'd organize larger group events where let's rent a bus and go to um, Port Stanley and let's have a neon party or let's do, you know, more wider group events that wasn't sort of limited to one club of interest. Um, and so I, I think it's pretty safe to say if ever you want to go out or do something, there's always something to do. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of social opportunity. Now, Abby, your year again was a bit of a roller coaster, <laughs> but I know there was some moments when we could be outside and on patios. So, can you talk to us about your experience on from the social side during your time in the MBA program? Sure. So, so yeah, so four days into our program, uh, we got a message saying that no, we'd be shut down for like two weeks because of the something new, something called as COVID nineteen. Like people are aware of it, and then like it was like yeah, two years now we still have lockdown in some some countries. So no one expected that to happen, but uh, yeah, it was initially it was it was challenging, right? Because you have taken this time out to have this experience, which we have heard is like amazing for people who've gone through it before. Uh, and like uh, when we joined, I think Nikita and Sumul, they were having the, like the last few days at Ivy, they were like together and we could see, you could hear them like having fun in the, in the Ivy building. So I was so excited to see uh, what the year uh, had to entail. But then like, yeah, the lockdown happened. The co one and co two uh, was like mostly mostly online, and 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 that that's nothing anyone could do, right? The whole world had to had to stop. But uh, our our uh, our the lot of like team uh, classmates they they found different ways to start socializing, right? We had like a virtual yoga yoga club. We had like a virtual wine night where people come and sing and just get along. There was like cooking classes done virtually, so everything was virtual, and and of course like. Uh, I uh, London. Uh, they have we have we have the uh, we have the river there, Thames there. So like lot good place to go out and walk and meet meet friends. So most of our socializing was done like uh, walking and meeting people outside. Uh, if you ask me, uh, yeah, I mean that's not was it the experience that you thought that you'd get when you came to Ivy? No, but but then like. We couldn't do anything about it. We had to make the best of what we had in that particular year. I think I think everyone came together and like was able to make that happen, right? It was predominantly virtual. And then when things started opening up, we managed like you know there was like we we had a uh, Independence Day celebration, uh, which was the first event that we actually got to meet us meet each other. The, the limit was hundred, so we had close to hundred people come out uh, in 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 the park and then just celebrated everyone together. So it was. It was pretty good that way, right? Uh, we tried to make the most of it, and uh, it, it was yeah. Uh, I think I'm pretty happy with how it went, uh, but not the experience that you wanted, but like pretty pretty happy uh, nevertheless. 
yeah, still found some ways to interact with others, just creative ways in different ways. And sometimes it was more limited to virtual than you might be living with someone next door in the apartment building, but you have to talk to them through Zoom, right. you know, or, uh, or a mask at, at that point. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's making the most of it for sure. But there is a lot of time like when classes end around roughly one o'clock from that point forward until the, the end of the nighttime. That's your time. I mean, you've got to do hours of homework and maybe see your career coach and um, but often it's going to an event, whether it's formalized through a club or a social or through an association. Um, the MBA association, the MBAA that Sumbul was referring to, um, they are elected first. And that's usually in that sort of April, May timeframe. And then following clubs, uh, elections begin. And you can sign up to or try to, uh, you can, um, I guess, run for being a club president or a vice president. And then, of course, be a member like Nikita was for as many as, as you'd like. Um, the leadership positions, you know, they're all self, they're self-elected through your peers. So that's the kind of cool thing with it. It's um, really your peers are choosing you to, to be the leads in those positions and to organize events that that cohort, that intake is interested in doing for that year. So it really is custom to each year. But I know the association from year over year does leave behind feedback and notes to help um, the, the next group. So a lot of support there. Now, Sumble, if you wouldn't mind, there's always the question we're asked is, what is a day in the life? So if you can talk to us about, let's just pick one day in core. Um, the core is from March until the end of August, set schedule, Monday to Friday. Uh, you just walk us through, like, what would a typical day be like for you uh, in core? Oh, okay. I think my day was pretty jam-packed with every everything. I think that I can speak to like everyone um, on the cohort that the schedules are pretty jam-packed. Um, we do three cases a day and then in the classroom, which is a discussion that we need to be prepped up with. So we have to prepare for that. And then we also discuss the cases with your learning teams that we are assigned to during the day after the classroom discussions have ended. That is for the next day. And then you need to do your own prep of those case studies. So at home or you want to work with your other friends that you are your own learning groups or whichever which, whichever is your safe zone, uh, safe space where you really want to uh, prepare for those cases. So literally, if you really think about it, you have to prep one day in advance and then two days in advance. And then it, there's a lot of time management skills that you develop through that process, not just what you learn in the classroom. And I was also a part of MBA. So we had a lot of things going on in terms of I have, we were supposed to, like I was VP external. So I had a couple of senators at positions that I need to do interview. And I have to select a few candidates for those senators positions and then um, figure out what's the plan going to be for the whole year. So a lot of things goes on in the core. And I did not focus much on from the academic point of view in the core, but I was more involved in the extracurricular because that was my focus. Um, and when I say that I was not focused in the core, like the academic point of view, it doesn't mean that I was not participating in the classroom. It just means that you're quickly reading it, prepping it, and then you're able to speak in the classroom discussion and provide your perspective and your background. But at the same time, you're also involved in and engaged in different kinds of activities that happen in the first 
uh, first core and the second core. Um, so there's literally no time. I used to sleep for five hours a day, if I recall that correctly. <laughs> and then you're socializing too. So you're outside after, and I don't know how people napped during the day. I'm not a person <laughs> who can nap during the day. So I literally used to get four hours of sleep. Um, and I would wake up in the morning because I'm a morning person. So I would do my case studies in the morning and then go about for the day. And I always walked to the school. I never took a bus. So I made sure that I'm getting my steps in from the physical fitness perspective too. So yeah, it was jam-packed, but biggest skill that I would say was time management skills that you really pick up during those um, crucial months of the program. Uh, great, because it's another one of our uh, leadership essentials of the program is managing volume. Because it's true, you're going to want to do everything during the one year. You want to make the most of the one year, but you can't do everything. And, and you do need to manage your priorities, what's important at this point of the year. And what's important to you in May during core, you know, it could be different in November during the elective time frame. And so you have to be able to willing to say yes to certain things and sometimes say no to, to other things. So you know, when electives begin in September through to March, there's not really a typical day in the life because it depends on the electives you take. Um, there's a lot more on-campus information and recruiting sessions that go on. Um, but, you know, really, ultimately, you have to take nine electives from September until graduation in March. And each term is roughly five weeks long. So depending upon when the elective is offered, you might take you might have one course from September until October. Maybe you, you fill it with four. So it's much more the elective period is lighter. I say that cautiously, but it is a little bit lighter than the first six months. And that is intentional and that you know, we really want to get you used to the rigor in the first six months versus have you go in light and then try to turn it on hard. We have a lot of sayings at Ivy and one of them is drinking from a fire hose. And I think that's pretty true, uh, especially in the first month. It's like, wow, Lindsay, when you said this program is busy, I didn't mean it was this busy. It's like busy, rigorous, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. Um, that is the pace, but it's a manageable pace. But included in that busy is the social side. And so that's the whole part of it is we do want you to interact with your classmates and build these friendships because you are now part of this lifelong alumni network. And so it's nice to look back. And when you come back for a homecoming uh, or reunions, it's nice to walk down memory lane and recall some of those fun social activities together. Um, I guess quickly I'd like to ask, what would be your favorite elective if you had to pick one um, during uh, your time at Ivy? Abby, let's go with you first. Hmm. So that, one uh, or two, whatever is easier for you. If you can't, just select one. You, uh, favorite course or like favorite elective is, is what you want to do? Well, but I, I would say elective, but if you, have a if you have a favorite core is one of your courses, then absolutely. So there was a bunch of courses I liked. I think among them, the one thing, one, one subject I really enjoyed was macroeconomics by Romel Mustafa. He, mm -hmm. like, it was, I mean, I don't have uh, any experience learning economics, so I was pretty pumped for the course. But then the way he took the course and the way he made it engaging was like, yeah, it was, yeah, that was the best course for me. Uh, he's fantastic, Romel. Yeah, he's a yeah. fantastic faculty member, yeah. Nikita, what about yourself? Um, I, I think I'd start to say is that each course is really unique and does yeah. give a lot to value and everyone's teaching style is different. For me personally, if I had to choose electives, I'd choose consumer marketing 2.0 and sustainable finance. 
Um, so I, I didn't have any experience in marketing for me, consumer marketing 2.0 was like really good because it was very recent. It was very much about what's happening today. Um, I remember Disney plus had started then. And one of our cases was actually on Disney plus, like it had just launched in November and we were doing it in, I want to say October. Um, so very recent, very engaging. It was much more about, uh, what's happening in today's world and how, you know, can things be different? I think sustainable finance as well. Again, very recent what's happening in the field of sustainable finance now. And we had a lot of guest lectures for that class and a lot of like, what do you want to do and how do you want to um, change things in the world? So I think for me, those two classes were pretty amazing. Awesome. Sambo? going to have a bias here but I would say der- derivatives because that's where I met my fiance <laughs> so, so yeah I would choose that but even the professor was really great although I don't un- don't recall any of the thing that I studied in that course in <laughs> well you, you got a, bu- a bonus out of that class that's for sure so uh, yeah. you got your MBA and, and a marriage so there you go <laughs> thanks uh, that's great. So we're going to just, I got two more questions and then we'll open up for Q&A. And so one of the, the, the I guess, final pieces of advice I would, I would call it. So um, for the group here today. So what would, what's the advice you would give? You know, now looking at the transition that you made, the experiences you went through, knowing that you were once living in, whether it was Mumbai or Bangalore or Delhi or anywhere within the India region, what advice do you have for coming to Canada, coming to Ivy? Um, Maybe Sambo, let's start with you on this. Um, I think I would say that it's important that, um, so the one biggest thing on your mind when you're moving countries is how your career is going to look like. So I think you need to have a bit of a clarity before you start your program and then improvise of what you learn from the program to see because your perception will always change what you learn during the MBA and what you want to do next. And in networking is an important and crucial aspect of getting any kind of job and also set the right expectations from the corporate world. Because no matter what we say, as an international student, our, our experience do get discounted and I'll be candid on this. Um, our experience, work experience do get discounted uh, by the corporate world, but it's how you tell your story and what you bring to the table and what you've learned in the program and with your network is that's how you'll be successful after the uh, graduation. That's great. That's great advice, Sambal. Abby? Yeah, so... I would say uh, the first one to be having, uh, say, like uh, the right mindset, because it was challenging initially for us to like get involved, like uh, what Symbol was saying about having an experience, having so much experience, but then like uh, kind of starting it from scratch as well, like your new geography. Uh, we do have like the, the, might have the hard skills for the role that might demand, but a lot on the softer aspects on like, you need to have the right mindset to start learning rather than saying that, hey, uh, feeling a sense of entitlement. That was, uh, and the sense of entitlement might also like lead into like a lot of insecurities earlier on when you're in the program, right? Be like, hey, like, okay, do I understand this? Do I know this? Why don't, why, why I'm not getting this and so on and so forth. So, so having the right mindset earlier on for us to like be open, having that growth mindset saying that, hey, this is going to be a new country. This is going to be a new geography. Uh, things work differently here. And the first uh, now I'm doing an MBA, I'm getting that 
year time for me to learn about this before I go to the workforce is like really important. I think once uh, I realized that things were much easier, right? Like you're okay making mistakes. You're okay, like going out and asking more feedback and so on and so forth. So that would be like the first piece, which was really helpful. And the second piece is uh, exactly like what Sumbul mentioned, right? Like knowing what you want to do, because one year is going to fly by really, really quick. And the first like three, four months with core, like, I mean, you just sleep, you wake up and be like, oh, the core is over already. Like, you know, you, you don't know what, what happened like in the first four months. Uh, it's like a concussion, like you're waking up from a concussion. So, so you need to be really mindful of like how you're spending your time and energy. So I was, uh, so I've part of the uh, entrepreneurship club of the VP there. So I had to make sure that, you know, you're doing those events and you couldn't like, apply to all the different companies you couldn't apply it like oh i'm going to, i'm going to explore everything now so you need to be very intentional and deliberate on like hey i'm going to do these three things and i'm going to explore and so on and so forth so those those things would really help uh, make the most of your uh, uh, time there i think those are my two biggest learnings oh, that's very helpful it's very insightful thank you for that abby and last but not least nikita Thanks, Umbar and Abby really covered everything that I would have wanted to say. But if I had to say like one tangible advice that I got before I started the MBA was they told me to write three things on a piece of paper about what do I want of the you know program and why am I doing the program. Um, and what I did was I did create it, I printed it, I kept it on my um, you know workspace at home. Um, and it was a good reminder for me because you know as, as we've discussed through this conversation, things will pull you in different directions. It is it is going to get really really hectic there will be days where you will question everything you've known and question why you're doing the program and why have you left everything that is known for you to move to this new country um and i think like having that paper or piece of paper or having that clarity really anchored me down is like when i wasn't sure of what's happening i would constantly look at it and go like hey does this decision get me closer to where i want to go or does it not um and i think it also helped me imbibe or become more confident in myself like when i started the program at least for me as like do i deserve to be here am i going to be a good fit am i going to be a good candidate i was on that end where hey i've never done finance before i've never done data before i'm a lawyer what value can i add so like being able to challenge those conversations internally was also really really helpful and um the program throws a lot at you but you can manage it you've got in for a reason um so i think like it really helps you develop a real sense of self confidence and a real sense of i can deal with whatever life is throwing at me uh, i can deal with the workforce i can get a job that i'd like to be at so um i think having that clarity i really um you know double down on that Awesome. That's great. Well, you three captured it so well. It's great advice and really do appreciate that and very reflective, you know, in terms of looking back now and how you would approach it again. My last question, then we'll open up for, for a few questions for Q&A. Do you look back at your time and what would you say was most surprising, whether it was the from the admissions process all the way through to, you know, graduating? What would you say maybe was surprising to you that maybe you didn't expect was going to be how it was? And it, yes, it can be the weather if you, if that is your answer. If it's the tactic, I actually enjoyed this cold white stuff. Uh, that's okay if that's your answer too. But uh, Nikita, we're going to start with you on that one. What are your thoughts on what would you think? Of, oh, this surprised me. I didn't think this. I think that uh, what surprised me was that I'd make um, so many close friends and have like a deep sense of community. I wasn't 
um, expecting it. I didn't think one year would be enough time to really make those deep connections and to get to know people. Um, I'm still living with an Ivy classmate, um, and I'm mostly made Ivy classmates like every weekend, if not more. So, um, I think that sense of community did develop. So I'm really fortunate um, that you know I met all of my classmates here. Awesome, that's great. Yeah, the friendships are really. I think you're right. It's, I think people don't realize how fast and true you make friends um, and have a closeness in, in this program. And I think, again, it's the non-commuter, it's the intensity, it's most people are moving to London. It's very rare. We have Londoners in the program. There are a few every year, but not many. So out of 150, maybe three or four are. Everyone else is moving here and adapting and adjusting and hanging out with each other outside of class. That does, I think, foster that strength of the community. Um, Sambal, what about you? What, what would be your, what, what would you think was most surprising during your time? With us. I, I I would say that um, so I'm a person who doesn't compare herself with anyone. Okay, so I I go with my own zone and own comfort level, and not the comfort level, but I keep pushing myself to do more and more as much as I can. I think the biggest thing which surprised me at, at the IV program is my perception changed. Because if everything is so competitive, you end up comparing yourself with the peers. And it all throughout the program, I did that. But at the end of the program, I realized it, it is healthy as long as you can manage it. But it is not healthy if you it starts to affect you. So that is something which I can say that there was a lot of self-reflection uh, for myself during that program, which can be considered as a surprise. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And Abby, last but not least. Uh, I want to, I, I definitely agree with uh, Nikita on what you men- mentioned about building relationship. I think I have like really close friends at the end of the program. Uh, like we have like a bunch of initiatives that we're doing along with friends there. So I'm super grateful for meeting them. Uh, for me, one thing that surprised me is, especially in the early days, uh, you hear this word a lot, trust the process, like a lot. And then you'd be like, Really, like, is this going to work out? Like, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, you have these questions and doubts on like, you know, why am I doing this and so on. But now, like, I was just meeting a few friends like a couple of weeks back. And it was like, it actually makes sense, right? The number of cases that you go through. I think what it really does is makes you think, go through so much data and like less time and make you think what's most important, like the 80-20 principle, and then like be articulate enough to communicate to like a bunch of people uh, who would be judging or like like on an outward, like telling, telling whatever you want to do. So so I think I think now it makes sense. We've like having a fun chat with like a few other classmates on like, hmm, maybe it did make sense after all. So I think I think that was like one surprising aspect, which you don't appreciate it as much when you're going right. through that. But then when you look back at it, it'll be like, hmm, yeah, that, that, that does make sense. It's true. We, you know, trust us that we have your best interests and that we will give you the information and the resources in due time. But at the time you're keen, you're eager. You're like, why can't I do this now? I mean, will those students come the first day and say, I want to see my career coach? Not first day. You'll see them in time. Trust the process. So yeah, that is their place, but you're right. You, at the time you think, why? Like, what's the reason behind this? I, I'm surprised that there's such, you know, standards in place and processes, but it is all to help, you know, reveal the program uh, in an appropriate way. So um, I know one of the questions asked in the chat group that I wanted to ask the three of you was around the connections you had with our team before the, the, the program starts. So I believe all three of you worked with my colleague, my former colleague, Ali uh, Hobson. Uh, now, it, how did you find that in terms of your, did you find that was like, helpful with you with applying to our program? 
Yeah, I can I can say that. Like I knew Ali when she was in Rotman, <laughs> so I've, okay. I've been I've been in touch with her uh, for a while, and I met her when she was representing Rotman in India itself. Right. So she has always been uh, the touch point with Ivy, mm-hmm. and she always encouraged me to apply no matter what. So don't think that your GMAT score is low or it is not enough or it's not sufficient. Make sure that you're getting your overall application reviewed by the by Lindsay or anyone who is representing. Um, and they can really tell you that what works and what doesn't work. And they can tell you how to make it work as well. So uh, a lot of, um, yeah, Ali was great. And I think the overall team at Ivy is really great and how they go about it, the process. Yeah, I mean, part of our role there, for those who don't know, is that we're here as your your advisor, you know, from the moment you show an interest. And usually the first step is submitting your resume for an assessment. That at least lets you, we get to see your profile and see, does this person have potential? Do we think they could be a fit for the program? And then usually a member of our team will get in touch with you to follow up and book a call. And, you know, we expect you to do some preliminary research, go to the website, check out tuition, see the employment report. But then we're here to really dig deep and talk about your goals, what you're hoping to get out of the MBA. It's really important that what you want out of this experience is what we can offer you, whether that's culturally or whether that's professionally speaking. And because if we're not aligned, you know, you're not going to get the most out of it and we're doing you a disservice. So we do encourage you to connect, but definitely a first step is submitting the, the resume for an assessment. And last but not least, I guess, before we wrap up, the question just came through around PKP. Did any of you do PKP at all or what did you, did you participate in those pre IV courses? I, I did. I did. I took accounting because I had no background in finance or accounting so i did i did my accounting pkp and it was it was super helpful right so for me to just get back into a classroom and sit uh, and then just experience like you know how that goes and just to get to know everyone else in the program it was good it was good like a social interaction as well right you go to the pkp uh, classes you had a chance to meet meet others and so on and so forth so it was it was really helpful for me to get acquainted before classes start on like hey sitting back focusing for like an hour uh, sitting in a classroom, listening to class was like really, really helpful for me to get along with the MBA, MBA thing. And, and it all depends. Like I know a lot of my classmates didn't do that. Uh, it's just personal preference, right? If you feel that it's important, like you should definitely do it. And for me, it was helpful, especially uh, getting back into a classroom and learning. And a lot of these stuff, like, you know, I agree if you want to just do a, a quick course online, it, it, it you can still get that. But the whole aspect of sitting in class and then uh, meeting other classmates was like really helpful for me. I did want to add one thing to um, what you all said, Lindsay, earlier about um, the, you know the help that um, the team does um, in you know terms of finding the right MBA fit. I think um, the mindset in India is often about like, hey, will this school like me or not, or you know, am I a good fit for the school or not? Um, but I'd highly encourage everyone in the call to also think about like, you know, is the school a good fit for you or not? What do you want out of the MBA? What do you want out of the program? Um, it is in slight mindset shift from what we're generally used to, but it is important to ensure that you're not fitting yourself in a mold, but really identifying or like really bringing out your true self because um, the school really does appreciate that. They really do want to get to know you and they really want to encourage the right fit there. Yeah, you're right. It is all about fit at the end of the day. You know, you both have to want know what you want out of the program. And um, and so it is important to ask those questions. And you're right, be an educated buyer. 
Um, it's not just us buying into you. You have to buy into us. And it has to be mutual that way. So that's great advice there, Nikita. But we are at the end of our time. So I'm sorry for the questions we couldn't get to, but I'm mindful of our alumni's time. And I appreciate so much Nikita, Abby, and Sumble for joining us today, giving such great insights and information. For our participants, thank you for your interest. If you have not already, a great next step is submit your resume for an assessment. And likely myself or a member of our team will get back to you in terms of next steps and appreciate your interest. And for everyone else, um, thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and left with a better understanding of what life is like in our program. For more information and to submit your resume for an assessment, please visit go.ivy.ca forward slash MBA.